from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you this morning, and thank you so much for being on today's show with me. Tuning in here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage. So I appreciate it very much so, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. It means the world, and I truly thank you for it. I hope that your weekend was phenomenal. I hope that Black Friday was good to you. I hope that everything, you know, when you look at the, the Thanksgiving holiday, to me, it went by slowly. And I appreciate that. Because having something like a holiday and some time away... To go by slowly and to not speed by us and to not be this rapid change, you know, it was nice. It was honestly very, very nice. So to me, you know, Thanksgiving went by slowly and Black Friday and the weekend. I felt like I got to really have a true holiday with my family and got to relax and have a good time. So hopefully you feel the same way. Hopefully it went the same way for you and you got to relax and you got to enjoy it and make the most out of it. And now you're here today. And so if you're heading back to work today and you're dreading heading back to work today, let me tell you that I appreciate you. I thank you for being a part of today's show. And no worries. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out. Everything is going to be good. You know, keep praying to God. Keep giving the best that you can give and know that things are going to be okay. You know, that's that's the best advice I can ever give to anybody is know that things are going to be okay. And no matter how your day went yesterday or how it's going right now today, just give your best and know it's all going to work out and it's going to be all right. And we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be all right. That's that's something that you definitely need to hear and you need to appreciate it and listen to it and know that it's true. Know that it's true. Know that everything will work out for the best. And no worries. You got nothing to worry about. And and I hope you're having a great, great morning. Because, you know, it gets crazy. And around the holidays, you know, you you know, you think about things. This is my first holiday without my grandmother here. You know, my first Thanksgiving without without my G mama. And that was really, really hard for me. But I did it. And I did it with family and with belief in myself and just appreciation for life. So, you know, that's that's how I did it. That's how I did it. I did it with being surrounded by, by good people who are in my family who helped me through it. And so for me, I had a great holiday. I had a great holiday. I had a lot of fun. I ate a lot of food. And some of it was like, hey, Dan, thanks for eating me. <laughs> and the rest of it was like, hey, Dan... You're going to have to utilize the restroom. So, you know, that's what uh, that that's what holidays seem to do, especially Thanksgiving. 
It's like everything looks so good and you just can't wait to have it. And then you have it and then your body's like, yeah, what, what, what did you just do? So hopefully you're, you're doing well from your Thanksgiving hangover and hopefully things are, are going good for you as you move forward into today, tomorrow and, and so on and so forth. So thank you for listening into the show this morning. We are on Monday, November 27th, live right here on wakeupcalldt.com and mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. And, and I hope that your morning is going well. And I hope that things are, like I said, I hope that everything is, is working out for you. If you did Black Friday shopping, I hope that you, I hope that you got something good. You know, for me, I did a lot. Okay. You know, for, <laughs> for, for me, this holiday, I made the turkey for the fourth year in a row using a new oven this time, mind you. So that was exciting, but it worked. So I made the bird and, you know, I got to clean the bird and stuff the bird and do all that stuff. Made the turkey, made sweet potatoes, made my broccoli casserole, but mixed it up this year and made it a double layer and then like just mixed it on top of each other. So good. Made pumpkin pie. Then we had Thanksgiving and then Black Friday. I got up and I did a show and then we went shopping and then Saturday I had the football game. So I did that, and then Sunday, we went out and got our Christmas tree. I think it's the earliest I've ever gotten a Christmas tree in my entire life. But we went and got the Christmas tree Sunday, yeah, yesterday. So, you know, it's been kind of a whirlwind for me, and, you know, my sister's been in town, so we've been hanging out, and my wife's had some time off, so we've we've gotten to spend some time together, which was really nice. And my dog's been with me the whole time, and she's awesome, so... You know, we had a really good time and I feel, you know, as much as I didn't sleep at times and as much as I ran around, you know, I feel pretty rested this morning. I feel good. You know, I feel vibrant. I feel ready to take on the world because, you know, conversations that I had over the past few days, you know, they've energized me. They've, they've reestablished to me. Why am I here? What am I doing? What am I good at? What am I going to attack? You know? And when you talk to other people about what their worth is and how important they are to the world, you you start to reinstate that with yourself. I'm here. I am telling this other person that they're important to the world and that that they have so much to offer to the world. And you start to realize in and of in yourself, have I been saying that to myself? What have what have I been saying to myself? And you start to learn things and move forward. So. You know, I've grown a lot over the past couple days. I want to thank God for that. And I hope that you have too. You know, I I know that when family comes around for Thanksgiving, there's that notion that family is stressful and tough and not worth it and annoying and ridiculous. And then there's that other side of it where family is beautiful and wonderful you know, and, and, and I hope that people take the time to really appreciate family because, you know, I I know that we all have, we all have some crazies in the family. I know that that happens. You know, we all have people in our family that, you know, sometimes they, they get on you, but you know, when I think about family, I think about sitting around and talking and laughing and learning 
and appreciating. And I did a lot of that over this weekend. I learned from my sister. I learned from my grandfather, you know, okay. And, 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 and the thing is, this is Kate's family. You know, it's not my biological sister. It's not my biological grandfather, but I say grandfather and I say sister because that's how I feel. You know, I got to spend some time with my mom and really grow with my mom. And that was wonderful. You know, I got to be around my wife and just see how excited she is about the holidays and how pumped up she is about about family and being together and taking time. And and the, the funniest thing in the world is is that I always ask my wife the question, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And she said, with with Lily and me? No. With your job? Yeah. You're doing more than enough. Stupid question. But with us, you could do more. And, you know, and that is a shot of reality in a very sweet and nice and succinct way of my wife telling me, hey, you're killing it out there and you're doing your thing and you're too hard on yourself. But where you need to be focusing your attention is on your daughter and on me. And it's true, you know, so you learn as you grow. And, you know, I share it this morning on today's show because I, I have I have this just this new energy, you know, this energy I've been looking for. It's here. And all it took was me sitting down and, and talking about it. You know, to get the energy and to get the positivity and to get the love for my, for God out there and to get that love for myself out there, it took talking, talking to other people, sharing, wanting to know. That's what it took. It took time. It took effort. It took enthusiasm. And normally when you give somebody else advice, you're talking to yourself. Normally, when you tell somebody, hey, why don't you try this? You're talking to yourself. And you learn so much when you do that, right? And, you know, I mean, I came out of this Thanksgiving holiday a better person. What else could I ask for? I came out of this Thanksgiving holiday saying, God is can't just be a word. God can't just be a statement. He can't just be a time when I need something. He has to be in every moment. Why do I believe in God? I got asked that question. Why do you believe in God? Why? The Bible says da 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 da, but what if the Bible's fake? You learn this stuff growing up, but what if those are just stories? What if they're just fables? What makes you believe in God? And you know what makes me believe in God? The individual relationship that we have and the visions, the dreams, the feelings, everything that he sent my way, that's what makes me believe. How can I not believe? And that is my truth. I don't read the Bible daily, but God touches my life daily. He literally puts his hand on me, and I'm like, oh, 
Here he is. Don't go down that road, Daniel. Try this, Daniel. Don't care about that, Daniel. Do more of this, Daniel. Listen to me, Daniel. Listen to me, Daniel. Listen to me. It's profound. It's out of this world. It's perfection. And I'm so thankful to have that and to value that and to know that it's true and to know that it's there. So, yeah, life life is a lot of things. Life is a lot of things. But we've all had our BS moments. We've all had our, I can't deal with this. We've all had our, why did God do this to me? We've all had our, where is this going? Why am I here? Why are these people around me? Why doesn't this stop? We've all had those moments. We've all had them. We've all had the, I'm done. What you learn by talking to other people is everybody has had their moments. Everybody has had that thing that affected them or the things that affected them. Or, not or, but we've all had... hardship. We've all had something that we've asked God, why did you do this to us? Why did you let this happen? Why didn't you listen to me? We've all had that moment, those moments. And you learn so much when you talk to other people. That's why this world has to talk to each other. A mosque was attacked in Egypt. A mosque is not a place where Catholics go. It's not a place where Christians go. It's not a place where Jews go. It's a place where Muslims go. 305 people dead. More injured. Numerous children. Somebody put a quote out there said, nobody made it out. Nobody made it out of the mosque. People went in equipped like they were SWAT, it sounded like. They went in there like they knew exactly what they were doing. They went in there with protection and machinery, like they were fighting a war. And they attacked a mosque. They attacked Muslim people. Think about that. We, as a society, post 9-11, some of us think all Muslims are bad people. Some of us don't trust them. Some of us think that they're all ISIS. They're all Al-Qaeda. They're all bad. A moment like this not that I am happy that it happened in any way, shape, or form. I'm trying to take an, a horrible moment in this world's history 
and turn it into something that can be used positively. They got attacked just like a Catholic and just like a Jew. So the world has an opportunity right now for Catholics, Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindu, this, that, and the other to bond together against a common evil. Find common ground. Your mosque was attacked. My church was attacked. There was just a church attacked and then a mosque. These people that are attacking are not attacking a religion. They are not attacking a certain type of people. They are attacking us all. And if they're attacking us all, then how can we not band together as a unity, as a unit, and move forward? If all Muslims are bad, why did they just kill each other? If all Muslims think the same and they're all terrorists, then why did they just get terrorized by their own people? The reality of it all is that there is evil that has led man astray. And there are choices to how we respond to it. Do we become it? Uh, no. <laughs> That's a big no. That's a big no. But how do we not band together right now? How do not Jews and Muslims and Catholics and Protestants, how do, how do we not all come together in this moment and say, me too? You too? Okay. Us. It's one unit. And if anything was shown to us that we mustn't forget, is that evil and hate don't discriminate. Good cannot either. Do not give a leg up to hate. They will take anybody into their group that wants to spread hate. So reach across the table, and whether it's Muhammad, or Jesus is a carpenter, or Jesus is the Son of God, whatever people think, reach your hand across the table and take the hand of a woman who lost her son, and you lost your brother. You in a church, her in a mosque. Take each other's hand. And work together toward doing everything in your power to protect one another so that neither one of you loses somebody again. In a sad, terrible, deplorable act that a human being should never, ever do. We are capable of so many great things. Yet we focus on the energy of people who do bad. How powerful do we let them be? Superhuman. Godlike. They're not God. They think they are. But they're not. And you dictate how much power you give to that person or those people in your life that spread hate. 
we as a society focus on what we do not have. We focus on what we want. We focus on what we need from here on out. We focus on, oh my God, there was a stabbing. Oh my God, there was a shooting. When the car's on fire on the highway, we slow down and rubberneck. We have to see what's going on. Are they dead? Are they okay? I need to know. I have to see it. I'm looking for entertainment. I'm looking because I care. I'm looking because I just have to look. We, as a society, focus on negativity, hate, when we should be focusing on reaching across the aisle and saying, that's enough. That's enough. Because it's enough. If we can learn anything positive from the mosque that was attacked and the terrible, horrible, tragic deaths of so many, it's that hate does not discriminate. And the longer we divide ourselves, the more this world will spread tears as opposed to laughter, fear as opposed to joy. Every Catholic in this world should hug every Muslim in this world and vice versa. Because the fact of the matter is, whether you believe what I believe or not, the one thing that we can agree on is that nobody wants to go to a place of worship and not come home that day. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We have a lot to get into in the sports world. I thank you for joining me on the show this morning. I appreciate you. Here on MixLR.com backslash DT. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com.
This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. <clears throat> MixLR.com is your hub for the live feed that you can pick up on the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com. Don't miss a moment of the show by becoming a member for free. It is free and easy to become a member on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT, so make sure you take the opportunity to do so. Becoming a member takes just a few seconds, and it is free completely. It's not free with purchase, free with this, free with that. It is totally and utterly free, and you can join immediately right now while you listen to the show on mixlr.com backslash DT. You become a member, and that will automatically connect you to... The broadcast every single time the show goes live as soon as i hit live in the studio you get sent an email and it says wake up call is live would you like to listen and you click through your email and you're set and ready to go it's literally as simple as that and you can chat with me in the live chat room if you are a member and only members can do that so by becoming a member you open up the opportunity to chat during the show and give your thoughts on a topic that we're discussing, like Syracuse basketball, which is coming up in just a moment here. So you have an opportunity to to share your thoughts, which is exciting for me and fun for me to have you know to hear from you and to hear what you think about Syracuse basketball that we'll talk about in a moment. Syracuse football, college football in general. What did you think over the weekend about what happened? in the NFL you know do you have a favorite team that went down or do you have a favorite team that's surging right now so you know you always have an opportunity to talk and conversate here on the show and if you would like to do that and make sure that you are involved in the broadcast itself every live show then on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt become a member 
and start chatting away and know that you'll be emailed when the show goes live so you'll never miss a live broadcast again. You will always be involved with the show. So make sure that you do that. On today's show, In the Morning Menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is the home of the Dancatora Special, which was voted top five in CNY by you. So thank you so much. Top five sandwiches in central New York. We have been voted in, and we appreciate it. So thank you so much for making the Dancatora Special Belgian waffle cut in half, filled with bacon, egg, and cheese. My spin on the breakfast sandwich. Thank you for giving that a vote in the top five best sandwiches in central New York. That means the absolute world to me, and I thank you so much for doing that. And I had no idea. I had no idea that that there was an opportunity to vote it in and that people were voting. I mean, thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for appreciating what I do. And it just, it, it means, it means the world. It means the absolute world to me. So thank you so much for voting us in. And, you know, on behalf of the Market Diner and the MBC family, you know, I, I know that they say thank you as well. So much appreciated that you, that you took the time to think of us and that you appreciate the sandwich so much. So in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street, in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market, across from Destiny, USA. It is an honor and a privilege to share with you that on today's broadcast, we have plenty coming up, and you will hear from your Syracuse Orange on the court and on the field. On today's broadcast, you will hear in just a couple minutes from Barama Sidibe, O'Shea Brissett, Matthew Moyer, and Frank Howard. Following their 5-0 start, you will hear what the gentlemen have to say as they move forward and look forward to the season that is to continue here with Maryland tonight. Then we'll take a look at how Maryland's doing so far, as this is the first, I mean, Syracuse has been tested throughout their time here this season, as they are a new team, so, you know, they're getting to know each other and figuring out what's going on. So, you know, for me, this team has been learning, and I mean, everything's been a test. And, And I know that people say it's coach speak, if you say that, you know, Cornell is a test or Oakland is a test. But in all honesty, when you have a young team that hasn't played together, that don't know each other's tendencies, that haven't played together against someone a lot, they've played together against each other in practice, but haven't against other people. I mean, you're five games in, and if you count the exhibition games, you're seven games in to a season, and you're learning about who the person next to you is. So in all honesty, that takes time. And I think everything, even more so this year, might feel like a test for the fans and for this team. And as Syracuse pushes forward, you know, we'll learn about who they are and what they want to become and what they're pushing to become as they go. They are not ranked in the top 25. They are not regarded as a top 25 team. And that's something that can create a chip on their shoulder. The year that they won the national championship, not saying that they're going to win the national championship this year, so don't misunderstand me. The year that they won the national championship, they were not ranked. And a day after they won it, they were pulled from the rankings. So just know that it doesn't mean anything if your team is not ranked. It means absolutely nothing if your team doesn't doesn't have 
that nice ranking next to their name. You know, I know that when it comes down to wanting to go to the NCAA tournament and being an at-large team and this and that, that that comes down to it and what's your record and who did you beat and this, that, and the other. But in all honesty, if you focus on the record as a player, you will go nowhere. Because right now, Syracuse is told that they're nobody. I saw one of the things had them ranked in the 80s behind teams that you wouldn't even know had a college team. Behind schools that you probably have no idea where the hell they are in a map if I asked you to point. But it's happened. It has happened. And Syracuse not being respected is nothing new. The most important thing is them earning respect for one another, keeping that respect for one another, and moving forward. They may not get it from the rest of the world, but that's okay. Because they can control how they play. And this test of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, a great early sign to see where Syracuse is at. The Maryland Terrapins come up against Syracuse, having won games against Stony Brook, which is right here in the state of New York, also defeating the Maryland Eastern Shore team, who I will be honest with you, I never knew existed, Butler, Bucknell, also Jackson State, and New Mexico. They lost amidst all this to another New York school in St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure defeated them 63-61. to Now, they played without their top returning score in that game and struggled from beyond the arc. So, that's obviously something that will affect you, having to play without somebody that you lean on so much and having to deal with a tough outside shooting night, which, as you know, if you're a Syracuse fan, when Syracuse has those tough nights shooting from the outside, that'll get you. So they already had a test, and they know what it feels like to lose the St. Bonaventure, which is a loss that will most likely not help them when it comes to tournament time. It will most likely work against them. As the Bonnies have lost to Niagara and TCU, and the Bonnies have beaten Jackson State and Maryland Eastern Shore as well, and have that victory over Maryland. So, Maryland knows what it feels like to lose. They know what it feels like to get pushed. And in the Emerald Coast consolation game, they're able to defeat New Mexico and come back after that loss, showing that they can respond to getting punched in the mouth by doing better the next time. Some people get punched in the mouth, they lay on the ground. They cry about it, but they don't get better. This Maryland team got punched in the mouth, turned around and said, how do we get better? How do we do better? What can we do to make sure that we don't feel this again? And they won. Defense was an issue against St. Bonnie's. Offense was an issue against St. Bonnie's and not playing with somebody that you lean on. So, as they move forward into Syracuse, they learned, they adjusted, they won their next game by 15, 
they're learning, they're adjusting, they're figuring it out. They're not perfect. Syracuse is doing the same. And that's where we're at with Maryland this season, which is why I think this will be an accurate test of seeing where Syracuse is. They're led by Anthony Cowan, who has 15.3 points per game. He plays an average of 33 of the 40 minutes out there. Is about a 50% shooter in the field, 32% from three-point. Uh, Kevin Kevin Herter is right behind Cowan with 10.7 points per game. And then Bruno Fernando, their freshman, 10.3 points per game. Justin Jackson, not the guy from North Carolina, the sophomore Justin Jackson, is almost averaging a double-double for the team. 9.3 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game has been helping him. Their best shooter on the team right now, as far as taking a good amount of shots, I mean, some people take two shots and they're 100%, so I'm not going to read you those. Being fair, Bruno Fernando, their freshman, is their best shooter at 64% from the field. He does not shoot threes. Bruno is a a forward inside standing at 6'10 from Angola. So Bruno is going to be somebody that Syracuse is going to have to stop inside. This will be a nice test for Barama Sidibe and Pascal Chukwu, especially when the two guys got into foul trouble in the last game that they had against Toledo. Both of them got in trouble foul-wise. Both of them picking up four fouls and being in that crucial period of, you know, when are you going to get the fifth and if you're going to get the fifth and this, that, and the other. And Barama fouled out of the game against Toledo, and, and we'll discuss that in just a couple minutes here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So Bruno Fernando will give both of those gentlemen an opportunity to see how they stack up against somebody who plays well on the interior, who averages 10 points a game, who grabs five boards a game. He only play, He's only averaging 18 minutes a game, but it will be really nice to see how they respond to somebody like Bruno and how they react to the opportunity that they have of somebody inside that started off their freshman year pretty strong and can obviously take care of business on the interior. And it's a good test in general to see where they're at coming off of a game where, yeah, there were a lot of fouls called. And no, I didn't. I don't think the refs had to blow their whistles as many times as they did, but they did. So as we move forward, you know, yeah, listen, this is the truth of it all. Whether a ref called a foul that you agree with or not, you can't rely on officiating to determine the game. You can't rely on officiating to help you out. You have to do that on your own. You have to be more than prepared to handle the elements, things you cannot control. You have to handle them to the best of your ability. If you complain to a ref and this and that and the other thing about the ref and it was the ref and it was the ref, you got to score. You got to take care of business. So, yeah, there were a lot of fouls called. No, I didn't agree with them all. But, at the end of the day, Barama Sidibe and Pascal Chukwu have to stay out of foul trouble. And they will have a test tonight to see how they respond to somebody inside who's 6'10", who's going to go out there and know how to score, and know how to finish at the rim, and know how to take care of business. So, this is going to be a fun test to see how they respond to that, because Syracuse tends to give up a lot around the basket to players that are a lot shorter than 6'10", and 
they give opportunities, second chance opportunities repeatedly to players. So this is about being vivacious on the boards. It's about attacking and it's about that desire and that want to, to get after it, especially with a guy who's averaging two blocks a game. So, you know, with Barama and with Pascal, this is a really, really key area for me in this game because Syracuse has been playing inside out. I want to see how they match up. I want to see how they post up against Bruno. I want to see if they post up against Bruno. I want to see how they can change their shot to go in when they're contested. I want to see if they fight to get fouled and get to the basket. I want to see if they stay out of foul trouble and if they're smart in when they attack and how they attack. There's a lot of things I'm watching between Fernando and Pascal, Fernando and Sidibe, and that's going to be a fun part of this game for me, and I'm very, very excited about the opportunity of seeing these guys go after it. As far as shooters from the outside, Syracuse has to work. Uh, watch out for Dion Wiley and Jared Nickens. Jared Nickens is averaging almost 56% from three-point, and Dion Riley is at, uh, Wiley pardon me, is averaging just about 45% from beyond the arc. So, uh, Dion averages 23 minutes a game, a little, little under 24. Nickens is averaging 11. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize these guys because it's a 2-3 zone, which is not set up to stop the three-point shot if they p- play Nickens more often in this game. And then for Wiley, if he continues to do what he does and if he gets to extend a little bit farther out than 23.6 minutes per game. So you're inside, you got to key in on Bruno Fernando. You're outside Deion Wiley and Jared Nickens are people to look for in this game. Uh, only one person averaging a steal per game, and that's Anthony Cowan, their leading scorer. So that's something to watch. As far as assists, they come through Cowan or they come through Kevin Horder. So he averages a, a four a game, and Cowan's averaging just about four a game. So as far as your floor generals and who's looking to dish that ball away, it's Kevin and Anthony. And then when you're looking at the three-point shot, it's Nickens and Wiley. When you're looking inside, it's Fernando. So these are all important pieces here. As far as turnovers, there really isn't anybody that's a turnover machine. Justin Jackson and Anthony Cowan and Kevin Horder are all 2.9 per game. So the team is averaging 17 turnovers per game. On the other side of this matchup, just to let you know about Syracuse, Maryland's averaging 17 turnovers per game. Syracuse is only averaging 11. So, very good. Sometimes Syracuse gets 10.5 in recent history. So, averaging 11 for 40 minutes, pretty awesome for the Syracuse Orange. As far as those that are that have issue with the turnover, Frank Howard, he's worked to condense it, but he's averaging 2.4 a game. Uh, Pascal's averaging 1.8. Marek Dolezal, 1.6. And that's, you know, it's really it. Nobody. So Maryland is averaging three guys who turn the ball over more than Syracuse. Syracuse has one in Frank Howard with 2.4, but he's below the averages of all of them. He is also the elite leading assist person for Syracuse. Frank Howard is at 5.2. The best shooter from three-point range for the Orange is Frank Howard, believe it or not. Frankie has improved his shot this year, and he's getting some good work in on offense. 36 point or yeah 36.8% uh feel free 36.8 three point percentage go in for Frank Howard 36.8% of the time. Ty's battles right behind him at 36%, O'Shea Brissett with 
50%. So the three-point shooting leans on the side of Maryland in this game with with both of their players being 44% or better that I had mentioned as opposed to Syracuse where they have some good three-point shooters, working to be good three-point shooters, but they're all under 40%. As far as your top scorers on the team, Tyus Battles, the guy with 20 points a game, Frank 15.8 right behind him, having kind of like a Mike Benajay type of feel to him when you look at those numbers. And then O'Shea Brissett with 11.6. O'Shea is averaging just about a double-double, 11.6 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game. And then to look at Pascal, about five points a game and almost seven rebounds a game. He's averaging 3.2 blocks per game. And Barama Sidibe is averaging 1.2 blocks a game after he came out firing. He's been kind of quiet in the blocks that he has been averaging per game. So you'd like to see more out of him for that. And like I said, he's going to get a test inside where he can show himself. So it'll be nice to see where they go from here and how they handle this matchup. I'm very, very excited about this matchup because I think that there's a lot. I think that there's a lot to say about about where this puts Syracuse as they move forward, like I was saying before. So a lot to be excited about in this game. Outside shooting leans more on the side of Maryland. Inside play, very interesting between Fernando and, like I said, Brahma and Pascal. And then to see, you know, if these turnovers, you know, with multiple players that turn the ball over on average about three times a game, if Syracuse could get them to turn it over more so than they do, if Frank can condense it and continue to make his shot, and against a Big Ten team, a team that you know is supposed to be good and has a lot of that pressure on them to be good like Syracuse does, you know, if this team will come in striking and that Syracuse will kind of just be shocked and play back on their heels, or if they'll start punching first. And, and also to see, does Syracuse not have a good first half? Do they start out slow and then try to surge in the second half as they've done a bunch of times this year? Or do they take care of 40 minutes? All of those questions will be answered tonight. I'm very excited about it. We'll take a step aside and you'll hear from the guys in just a minute. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville, New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We proudly open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware.
I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or HondaCity-CNY.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to have you here on the broadcast. If you haven't become a member of the live feed, make sure you do it. Do so now. It is free and easy to do, and I'd be more than happy to have you here on the broadcast, joining in with me in the live feed. And every single time the show goes live, you get to be connected to the show. You get sent a message when the show goes live, and I'm very excited about that. So make sure that you become a member so that you can connect with Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and you'll never miss a live opportunity again. Thank you so much for those of you that have tuned into the broadcast, that have become members for free on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It means the world to me, and I truly appreciate it, and thank you for taking the time to join in and be a part of this broadcast, which I believe is different, hopefully inspirational, informative, funny, and exciting. Something that gives you a pep in your step. Something that makes your day even better than it was, or takes a day that wasn't so great and makes it a better day. Here, first and foremost, is Barama Sidibe. My one-on-one conversation with Barama begins with, if it was difficult for him to play in a game where they were calling a lot of fouls, it was hard to block shots without getting called for a foul, so was it a difficult game for him most recently against Toledo? I think it wasn't tough. It's just sometimes I know, I already know sometimes we're going to get a foul trouble, and we have to find a way to stay in the court because the team made us like, we both came fouled out, so it's going to... We have to figure it out though, to stay in the car. What was it about the game? Was it just uh, was it a lot with the whistle, in your opinion, or, or was it just kind of you know that's how the game goes and there was physicality? I mean, sometimes that's how ref are, so we can change that. So we just gotta find a way, be more active, don't put our hands down, and try not to make a stupid foul. So you can't blame nobody that you fouled out. So first time that you fouled out at a game in your early career here at Syracuse, what do you learn from it? What's the first thought? Like, I just got to make sure that I listen to the coaches, what they're saying, because sometimes we listen, but sometimes we just don't do it. So the more we show up in the practice, the more the more we're going to make sure that we're not going to get a foul trouble. Even though you had some foul trouble, I mean, obviously your teammate Frank Howard did a lot of good things in this game, had a career day, 
five points. Just what you could say about how he put the team on his back. I mean, he did great, especially when Tyus go down. I was kind of like, so who's going to stand up to them and score? So he did it great. He stood up, he carried the team, so that was great. So, What have you learned from 5-0, and from these first five games? What have they taught you so far? I mean, I've been always playing the winning, winning team, so I really don't feel like anything. We just got to keep playing. And as long as we keep playing, how are we going to win some games? So. That coming from Barama Sidibe, center, true freshman, Syracuse Orange. Big matchup tonight against Bruno Fernando of the Maryland Terrapins. Coming up next on the broadcast is my one-on-one conversation with O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea Brissett doing a nice job so far starting things out with the Syracuse Orange, making sure that his presence is felt and felt it has been as he started off his very young career with Syracuse by doing some good things, making some big-time shots, and taking care of business. We start our conversation on his tough takes to the rim against Toledo in their most recent game that sent them to 5-0. and Toledo was averaging 86 points coming into the game against Syracuse. They didn't get anywhere close in this matchup, and O'Shea Brissett was a big part of finishing at the rim and attacking and what he can say about his tough takes to the basket. I uh, just got to stay focused. You know, um, I'm really tall and athletic, so just got to be focused up at the basket, and I'm able to finish around taller defenders because of my athleticism. So um, just having the mindset to score every time I go to the basket. I saw that after you uh, hit one of the threes in the second half, you kind of did that that fly or feeling it a little bit. Just what you could say about giving, bringing that positive energy. Uh, I feel like I could do that for the team, you know, uh, keeping the crowd into it and keeping them hype. You know, I try to get... Every time we go on a run, try to get the crowd into it because you know we feed off their energy. Uh, I love the fans and what it, what they're able to do for us. They cheer on, cheer us on, and you know it helps us out a lot. And that was something that I wanted to get into is that there was a point where you told the fans to get up. Mm-hmm. And just what you could say about commanding that energy because they responded to you, they gave it to you. Yeah. But just why you chose that time in the game to do it? Uh, you know, we felt their their push coming. They were hitting those threes and. You know, we just tried to make a stop for that, but, you know, our our crowd is really loud and they're into the game, so getting them up and getting them excited will help us out on the offensive end and defensive end, you know, give us more energy to go for those rebounds and get buckets. Without Tyus out there especially, I mean, you're somebody that's that's really eased into a role quickly with this team and been a guy that can go out and score and create defensively. You had a big-time block in this game as well. But with Tyus out, did you feel pressure at that point or no? Uh, not at all. You know, I just tried to do the same things that I've been doing even when he's in the game, knowing that, you know, I'll get the ball a lot more. But um, this is something that, you know, I've been doing for a while since high school. Um, I've been relied on so I just had to you know just stay calm and score when I can you know Ty's going to be better he's going to be back next game but you know him going out definitely uh helped my confidence well I don't want to say that well him him going out was able to um help me uh, score a lot more and in these first five games I mean the team's five and oh you've gutted out these victories but what have these five games taught you as you know that you have Maryland and UConn and Kansas looming in the distance uh, it just shows that you know no game is going to be easy you know, people said that we are shooting to win every game by 20 points, but it wasn't that case. You know, these teams are really good, and we know that the teams that we have coming up are even better. So we just have to, you know, go back and watch film and play harder next game. That coming from O'Shea Brissett. O'Shea Brissett, true freshman forward on Syracuse's team, who came up in a big way in the absence of Tyus Battle. You have to remember, not only... Did Syracuse, <clears throat> pardon me, not only did Syracuse 
not allow Toledo to get to their average of 86 points per game. They only allowed them to 64. They allowed them 22 points below their average. Not only did they do that, but they had to do it without Tyus Battle. Tyus Battle got hurt in the game, only played 29 minutes in the game, which is a lot of time, but hurt his hip in the game, came down hard, fell on the hip, tried to be okay, took a little while for him to get up. Then he walked around the court holding on to his hip, and then you saw him, I saw him take this one shot toward me. I was behind one the uh, second half basket that Syracuse was playing on, took the shot, and when he went up, as soon as he released it, you could see that the release kind of like maybe it pulled on him, pulled on his hip. And as soon as he released the ball, he winced and kind of yelled out. So, you know, here's hoping that he is okay and that he can move forward and that having the time off over the last few days has been a benefit to Tyus. So in Tyus's absence, O'Shea Brissett in 30 minutes scored 17 points, came up big, had 14 rebounds, a double-double for him in this game, and did a phenomenal job at attacking in the absence of Tyus Battle, who's been, you know, what a lot of people look to as the leader on this team, and, and rightly so. Next up on here is Matthew Moyer. Now, Matthew Moyer, speaking of offense, he's been looking for his own shot, trying to get it done, trying to figure it out. Getting after the ball, grabbing rebounds, he's been able to do that. He's been able to attack the boards, and grab rebounds. In his time so far with Syracuse, he had seven rebounds against Toledo. He had three against Oakland, two against Texas Southern, so quiet. Iona was five, Cornell was 10, and in the exhibition games, he was able to get some things done. So getting back on the boards and attacking there is important, but he had 11 points in this game, and he had two huge energy moments where he got a dunk. I believe one was in the first half, one was in the second half, where he slammed the ball home at a time where Toledo was trying to surge back, trying to make a comeback, trying to creep ahead, creep forward, and get close to overtaking that lead from Syracuse, and Matthew Moyer didn't let it happen. We start our conversation with those energy moments and how big they were. You know, uh, I've been working so hard for this for, for a moment like this, you know, and uh, I'm just so, so glad Coach has been on me, but, uh, you know, those those moments are huge. You know, you need those moments to win games, and especially you know with a you know injury like Tyus, with Tyus going out, you know we needed a, a spark. We needed something because you know they were hit, they were making shots, and they were within I think ten. So we needed to make sure we kept that little gap, that comfortable gap. We were fine. You were in both of those times that you had the dunks uh, during the game of play. Before uh, the end of the game, Frank Howard responded right after you. It was you doing something progressive on offense, and then Frank responded with that. Just what you could say about having those one-two punch at the opportunities where Toledo was trying to make a run. You know, me, Frank, and O'Shea, I think we really stepped up. And, you know, having those constant responding scores or plays, you know, I think one, one of them I assisted to O'Shea for a layup, and then one of them Frank got in the lane, assisted to O'Shea for another layup, and then Frank got in the lane through the lob, and I got a dunk. You know, those plays are what wins games, especially when you you know when you have a guy like Tyus Battle, who's the best shooting guard in the country, sitting out. You know, you need you need, you need to have plays, or you know you don't win games like this. What can you say about what you've learned from these first five games, gunning out some of these wins? You had a big time win against Oakland, but other wins, your team had to come back and surge late in games. In a game like this, you had to fend off a team that was shooting well from the outside. Just what you could say you've learned so far? Just to listen, you know, to trust the process and listen, you know. If I do what coach says and I go out there and play hard, you know, I'll play. And, you know, if I don't, I won't. <laughs> 
You know, it's a really simple recipe, and you know, and that that's that goes along with winning. You know, I think for the five five games we've had as a team, we've played hard. We go out there and we give it our all. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna win games. You know, especially defensively. You know, last year that's what hurt us. It was on the defensive end. We could score with anybody in the country. We might have been one of the best scoring teams in the country, but it didn't matter because we couldn't defend. So, in defense, is 100% effort. So, if we if we put in that effort, we're gonna win games. We'll, we'll win. We'll win these games coming up. That coming from Matthew Moyer. Matthew Moyer once again, somebody who has worked to find those moments offensively and his slams helped out Syracuse in a big way to get the team involved, to get the crowd involved. He just, they came at the right time. You know, it's, it's one thing to make a, to make a statement during the game. I mean, you score points, no matter when you score points, you're helping your team out. But when he achieved these dunks and you got to see one of them in slow motion that I filmed courtesy of Dan Tortora broadcast media, LLC, when they happened was literally when Syracuse needed to say, no, Toledo, you're not coming back. Those are big-time moments. They're NCAA tournament moments. They're we're-going-to-win-some-games-this-year moments. They're don't-count-us-out moments. And so when they happen, they're huge, and they should be discussed because Syracuse needs to build upon those and make sure that those moments happen every game and not just sometimes. And with that being said, we will take our final one-on-one conversation, and I'm proud to bring that to you right here on today's broadcast with the Syracuse Orange with Frank Howard. I started my conversation off with Frank Howard on his career day. Frank Howard against Toledo scored 25 points in the game. Frank Howard, as a freshman and as a junior, was never regarded as an offensive player player Frank Howard as a or part not as a freshman and a junior Frank Howard as a freshman and a sophomore was never regarded as an offensive player he was not regarded on the guy that you give the ball to when you need to score he was not the guy that you give the ball to when you're in trouble offensively he was the guy who when he took the shot people went thinking maybe it's not going to go in well guess what Frank Howard he hasn't been that guy this year he's been the opposite He's been the attack mode guy. He's been the guy that says, give it to me and give me an opportunity guy. He's the guy that has pushed this team forward offensively in times when they needed a three. They needed a shot to fall. They needed somebody to attack. Frank Howard's becoming a different player. He's becoming a better player. And with that being said, remember what he told me. Changing from number one to number 23 was a direct signifier that he is starting a new chapter. It's a new Frank. It's a better Frank as he moves forward. He has shown us offensively that that's true. Minimizing turnovers and playing good defense, well, hopefully that will come as he moves forward. But what he's done so far is shown Syracuse fans that Frank Howard is a force offensively. And he's been able to average about 15 points a game. This game with 25 points, he matched his number 23 and then did one better when he went to the rim, and I also filmed this one, went to the rim, went down the lane in traffic, threw up the floater right before he got to the rim, and it dropped, and he stood under the basket and kind of smiled. I discussed that with him and more in this conversation, starting off with his 25-point career day. 
Uh, you know, I just wanted to be aggressive, you know, offensively and uh, finish plays today. You know, I usually uh, having a tough time finishing the last game or two, you know, just not concentrating on the rim, you know, kind of some easy ones. I wanted to get back. So, you know, I wanted to do that tonight, and uh, my teammates did a good job of uh, spacing the floor for me. On your last two points, came on that layup where you went down the middle and had the floater mm -hmm. up in the air. I saw you smile afterward. What was going through your head at that point? Oh, uh, you know, I just want to continue to use my size every game, you know what I mean? I don't have to get all the way to the rim or take deep, deep shots too many times, you know, I don't want to get in the lane, you know, pull-ups and floaters, and uh, I think I can make my living there, you know what I mean, especially against smaller guards, and, you know, when I got a bigger guard, I can use my quickness and get all the way to the rim, and, uh, you know, I just want to be kind of get into the mode of being hard to guard, you know, by everybody. Improving the jump shot, saw a lot of that that's happened in these first five games and in this game as well, just what you could say about how comfortable you are with that jump shot, mid-range jumper especially. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm very comfortable, you know, I mean, I, I put a lot of hours into it, and, uh, you know, I just want to keep shooting the ball, you know, whether I miss or make, you know, I just want to be confident with it and get it to the run. And lastly, for Matai's battle, when he went down early in the second half, just what you can say about if you felt the pressure, if you felt like at that point you had to be the leader out there. Yeah, I definitely felt uh, it was time, you know, get some quick buckets, you know, get in the lane a little bit and, uh, you know, just get some finishes at the rim, you know, get us going. I didn't want to get up to a slow start in the second half, you know, because they're a smart team, you know, and if they got a lead, you know, they probably wouldn't give it up. So, you know, we wanted to just control the game and uh, just be aggressive. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Unica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. The Pennant Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Pennant Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. 
With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. The name Leeson Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Minutes from the Carrier Dome in your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre-game inside their walls. Lee's and Staggerwald downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're doing well this morning and enjoying life. I'm happy to be here with you as always on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Make sure you become a member for free on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Don't miss a moment on your opportunity to bond with a show that is free, easy to listen to, available on all your devices, anything that has the internet, and an exciting show that provides for you positivity, thoughts, and hopefully a little bit of laughter that gets you gets you laughing in your seat a little bit while you're driving to work or hanging out at work or being with the kids or at practice or wherever you may be. Please know that you can always get back to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. If you don't get to hear it live or if you heard it live but you got to listen in again, you want to go back to something that you really loved about the show. So make sure that if you would like to do that, which why would you not, to go to wakeupcalldt.com and download the RSS feed, iTunes podcast, you can click on there and, and save the link to the iTunes free, free podcast, powered on iTunes and on the Podbean app as well. So right under the live feed, wakeupcalldt.com, you'll see the Mix LR live feed directly under that. It says download for free, and there's the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the app that's powered by podbean.com. So any one of those will take you to 790 shows as we stand here this morning, 790 broadcasts. And so make sure that not only do you listen live here on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, but that you also head out to wakeupcalldt.com and you download the RSS feed or you save the iTunes podcast or download the app on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. Almost to 99,000 downloads of shows listened to on the app wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. Com, and I want to thank you all for being a part of the broadcast. I truly appreciate it. So, with a ton of stuff that's happened in college football, it it's only fair that this morning I discuss it with you. And having uh, before I go anywhere, I'm being I'm being I want to say I'm being interrupted here by a moment 
that happened, and and that is what was nothing short of of an amazing gesture by Leonard Fournette. So there's a guy in a wheelchair that was on oxygen, and Leonard Fournette took off his shoe, literally took his cleat off, and signed them for this gentleman, and then took off the other one and signed it, and then gave the man a hug. An, an amazing, I, I really honestly, I don't even know what to say. I <laughs> I have no idea what to say. So it's literally brought tears to my eyes here in the studio. And you, you know I'm a sap. I, I, you know, I, love, I love good emotion here. And, you know, Leonard Fournette, this guy, literally there's a bunch of Jaguars fans in Arizona. So, yes, to the people that say, are there Jaguars fans? Do they exist? Does anybody care? Yeah, they're all over the country, okay? They were in Arizona. So, so you know, in Arizona, and I believe it might have been pregame. Acto Corps asked if it was pregame. There was a bunch of Jaguars fans that had assembled on the sideline. They were obviously, you know, let down there. And this guy, he, he, Leonard Fournette walks right over to him. He shakes the guy's hand. And the guy, you could tell, is so happy. He has a football in his hand. And so, obviously, he want, you know, wants Leonard Fournette to sign the football. Leonard Fournette doesn't even take a look at the football. The guy doesn't even have a chance to hand it to him. Leonard Fournette takes his cleat off, takes his shoe off immediately, and then signs it. The guy in his wheelchair rolls back in his wheelchair like, oh, my God, how like this can't be happening. Leonard hands him the shoe, takes off his other shoe, signs that shoe, and hands that to him. So, no, this had to be after the game. So And then gave him a hug. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, but that's, that is the beauty of the world that we live in. And, and that is why we have to take the time to appreciate what matters and to make the most of these moments. Because how, how... I mean, you know what I mean? When people say this world's a terrible place and there's nothing good in it, how? How? If you watch that video, how? How is this world not a good place? How is there not good in it? Leonard Fournette, thank you for what you did for this young man and for his his family and his fight. You know, it, it's... We spend so much time thinking about the wrong things, you know, and I'm a culprit of that too. I'm a culprit of that. We spend so much time thinking about the wrong things. (laughs) When we should be. Thinking about these moments. Like the moment with Leonard Fournette, you know, and you got to think about Jacksonville lost the game. They lost the game. And 
you can literally just, I mean, you could be, you could be pissed off, upset, heartbroken, but he's out there giving back to people. Leonard, Leonard Fournette is out there doing right by others. Tell me that that doesn't inspire you. That it doesn't make you want to go out and do something good for somebody else. So thank you to Leonard Fournette. So I, I know I was my I was getting into college football and I just couldn't. I had to stop. I had to stop and because I'm watching it here in the studio and I was like, I have to, I can't, I can't go past this. I have to talk about it and I have to talk about it right now. So I did and ugh, gave me chills. <laughs> it really did. So God bless and, and thank you to Leonard Fournette. That was beautiful, 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 beautiful moment. Wonderful moment. Whew, man. What a, what a good guy. And I want to give prayers and love to Sean Taylor, one of the best players that I had seen in recent history as a defensive back in the NFL. One of the best on Washington, on the Redskins team, for sure. He was 24 years old. And he passed away way too soon. And I want to give him nothing but love and appreciation. The same goes to his family. The fact that 10 years later, you all are on social media remembering him, that means something to me. So thank you for that. Thank you that you have let the hashtag trend rip 21 and that you're speaking on Sean Taylor right now. Uh, George Foster said, Sean Taylor's stories always sounded like superhero movie scenes. He was already that kind of legend very early in his career. I was fortunate to share the field with the guy in competition, even though I missed this tackle. <laughs> LOL, I turned him back inside, though. And uh, Foster, George Foster played for the Detroit Lions. And he, was, and he actually put up a picture of missing a tackle on Sean Taylor which is the ultimate sign of respect. It's like, hey, here's this one time where Sean Taylor got me. But, you know, he's gone but never forgotten. Gone but never, ever forgotten. He was an amazing athlete. He played for the Miami Hurricanes. And when he hit you, you knew that he hit you. He didn't <laughs> he didn't hold any punches on the field, I'll tell you that much. And he took care of business. And his unfortunate and, and untimely death was very sad. And I can't believe it was a decade. I know somebody else somebody put up a picture of him with angel wings on his back, and that looks Whoever create, whoever made this, God bless to you. This is amazing. They literally took a picture of him in his Redskins uniform and attached wings to his back. It looks beautiful. It's really nice. 
Gone but never forgotten. He was murdered. Crazy. 24 years old. Sean Taylor. May he rest in peace. And may you never forget this line that he said. I'm going to work as hard as everybody else works. We're going to work on what's in the future. We're going to work on what's in the future, not the past. We're going to work on what's in the future, not the past. How many of us focus on the past? Raise your hand. My hand's raised in the studio. Focus on the future, not the past. So let's focus on making this a better place to live and breathe and eat and drink and work and have relationships. Let's make this a better place for one another. In memory of Sean Taylor, let's make this world safer, stronger, better, and more like heaven. I don't want heaven to be this place that's so different from earth. I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, earth was so atrocious. Thank God I'm here and out of that hole. Out of that terrible, terrible place. I don't want to think that way. I don't want to think that way. I want this world to be a wonderful place that I don't want to leave. And then I leave when God calls me home and heaven's even better. But I don't want the juxtaposition to be so drastic that I'm like, wow, why'd I even go to earth? That was terrible. I want this world to be a beautiful place and we can help make that. We can help make this world a beautiful place. And it's not cliche and it's not stupid and it's not like, oh, Dan, you're so cute. It's true. We can make this world a beautiful place. You and I, if we want to. And Sean Taylor, he deserves that. The people that died in the mosque in Egypt deserve that. 9-11, the victims, deserve that. Everyone that's died in wars deserves that. Everyone killed in police brutality deserves that. The innocent good cops who were gunned down deserve that. We can make this world a better place. And I will not accept anything less than that. Amen, 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 amen. Be good to one another. It's time to get into college football. And boy was the world of college football insane over this weekend. And in the last couple days. We went into Thanksgiving with Chip Kelly not having a job. We came out with Chip Kelly being with UCLA. And not not having a job. Not having a head coaching job in college football. He was he was available is what I'm saying. The first chip to fall was Chip Kelly. How about that? I need to write a story. 
The first chip to fall. I can't pass up that title. The first chip to fall was Chip Kelly. He makes his decision between allegedly Florida and UCLA. And he chooses UCLA. And it made perfect sense. And we discussed it here on the show. He coached at Oregon. Oregon is above the state of California. Oregon is on the West Coast. He coached on the West Coast. Oregon's in the Pac-12. He coached in the Pac-12. He knows the high school coaches and the programs in the area. He knows the West Coast. He can pull away from Oregon and Oregon State because he's going to be on the West Coast again. You're going back to a conference that you've been in. You're going back to an area that knows you, that you have relationships in a network already with their coaches and their programs and their establishments and their schools. Or you go to Florida where you got nothing. But I hope that you can make Florida better. So where did he go? He went to the place that made sense. Power to him. Shout out Chip Kelly. Go to work, boy. Make it happen. So Chip Kelly chooses his job and he goes to UCLA and it makes perfect sense, right? So then that leaves Florida open. Who's going to take the Florida job? Well, there's this coach, I don't know if you know him or if you're familiar with him because his name hasn't come up at all. And if you don't know that this is sarcasm, you're going to have to listen to the show more because that's a travesty. Dan Mullen is now the Florida Gators head coach. Dan Mullen, the man from Mississippi State who has been desired allegedly by many. And he made the statement on accepting the job, quote, I have such great memories of the championships we won during our time here and have a love for Florida. We are happy to be coming back to such a supportive administration, staff, student body, and fan base, which is the premier football program in the country. Our commitment will match the passion that the Gator Nation has for this program. So big words. Well put. Our commitment will match the passion that the Gator Nation has for this program. Mississippi State President Mark Keenum had this to say about Dan Mullen, his former head coach. Quote, we built a football program at Mississippi State that has enjoyed unprecedented success over the last nine seasons. Dan Mullen has been the catalyst of that success, and we wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. In anticipation of this development, MSU has already begun the process of an orderly and expeditious transition to new and exciting leadership for our football program. So there you go. Dan Mullen is your Florida Gators coach. After nine seasons at Mississippi State, where he put together the record of 69 wins to 46 losses, second winningest coach in school history behind Jackie Sherrill, who holds the number one spot. Bulldogs are 8-4 and four this year, 4-4 four and four inside the SEC, and they'll be going to a bowl game. Mullen also said, 
Megan and I, who's his wife, Megan and I are very excited to get back to Gainesville and the University of Florida. And then he went on to say what I had said before. He said that key statement about commitment will match his commitment, their commitment on the team will match the passion that Gator Nation has. Your commitment to us will match our commitment to you. How about that? Mullen's 45 years old. He was part of two national championships at Florida in 2006 and 2008. He was the offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer. And he, he coached quarterback Tim Tebow. And has also coached Kansas City Chiefs current quarterback Alex Smith at Utah and Dak Prescott in Mississippi State, who's with the Cowboys. So he's coached three good quarterbacks. And he has that connection with Florida that can make Florida fans feel good and feel safe and feel happy. Hey, we're bringing a guy back who the last time he was here, we won two national championships. How do you as a Florida Gator fan not get excited about that? The last time this guy here, we won championships. The last time this guy was in the building, we were hoisting the national title. How about that? The guy that was just here allegedly falsified death threats. The guy that's coming back helped us to national championships. And that's impressive. So Dan Mullen, and that's who Papa Joe, who's on the show every Thursday, that's who Papa Joe wanted. Papa Joe wanted Dan Mullen. So I know he's happy. I know he's good with it. Now, the Gators allegedly were looking hard at Scott Frost and Chip Kelly, who both ironically were at Oregon together. Chip is the head coach. Scott is the offensive coordinator before Scott took the job at UCF to be their head coach. But neither one of these happened. Now, Randy Shannon, who is the interim head coach for the Florida Gators, they finished 4-7, and seven, which is only their second losing season since 1979. I want you to wrap your head around that. In 38 years, the Florida Gators have only had two losing seasons. In 38 years. 38 years. Okay? 38. Thirty-eight years, two le- two losing seasons in the last thirty-eight years, two. That's it. Syracuse has had four losing seasons in the last four years. Okay. If you look at Syracuse and what they've done since Paul Pascaloni left, and I really want you to read this because I have an article about it on my website. Go to the Right Now page of wakeupcalldt.com and read this. Since Paul Pascaloni was fired after the 2004 season, 
Syracuse has had 10 losing seasons to three winning seasons. 10 losing seasons to three winning seasons in the last 13 years. And Florida fires their coach because they have a losing season, which is their second in 38 years. Do the math on this, folks. Do the math on this. Syracuse has witnessed subpar records for 10 out of the last 13 years. Florida's had it twice in 38 years and said, enough's enough, you gotta go. And that is the craziness of the SEC. Mediocrity is not accepted in the SEC. It is not thought of. It is not appreciated. Nothing. It's a no-no. You lose, bye-bye, see you later. And I just wanted to give you that juxtaposition and put it together for you. To show you what it looks like. Syracuse, three winning seasons in the last 13 Florida has 36 of the last 38 years having a winning season. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Coach, goodbye. You're fired. Because mediocrity is will not be accepted here. And that says something about the SEC. Now, Dan Mullen coming home, fans got to be very excited about this. They got to be pumped and amped and ready for this. There's another coach who was hired (laughs) over the weekend, but then he wasn't. We'll talk about that in just a second. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. This is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events, giving you a reason to celebrate. 
Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalwear, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you could choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal Wear. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to have you here on the broadcast, and one of the... best things that I've ever received. I feel like I have so many things like running through my head right now. It's like stream of consciousness. You know, I really, I'm thankful for my life. I appreciate my life. And there's things that have happened in my life where I just like, I take a step back and I say to myself, I got an awesome life. I I really, I, I have an awesome life. I, I'm thankful for it. It's great, you know, and you can't live in fear of like, somebody's going to take it away from me. Somebody's gonna, nobody's going to take it away from you. It's your life. You gave, you have it. God gave it to you. So hold on to it. And it's not about fear. It's not about this that, and the other thing. It's about, I have a great life and I feel honored to have the life I have. Because I just got a message from Justin, who's been listening to my show for, I don't even know how many years, a long time. And he just said to me, representing in Fort Lauderdale, and he's got a Jaguars hat on, and he has my wake-up call with Dan Satora shirt on. And he said, whenever I travel, I try to pack it with me. Plus, it's it's an SU game day, so the color is right. Because it's orange and blue. And I really am thankful that, and I'm writing that to him right now, I put, I really am thankful that you support and appreciate the show and my work. But, you know, it's like, what do you say? Like, what do you say? You know what I mean? What do you say to that stuff? You know, to me, that's, that's amazing. It's amazing. It's beyond. It's beyond amazing. And I'm thankful for that. He just wrote back to me, not a better man to support. (laughs) You know, God is, oh man. (laughs) Y'all try to get me emotional on a daily basis, but that's good. Good emotion. Good emotion is good to show. And it's, it's, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. You know, it means the world. It really honestly does. Ecto Corps just put truth, Justin. 
on uh, not a better man to support statement, I'm guessing, EctoCores. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love, you know, I pack my shirt everywhere I go. To know that somebody else packs my shirt everywhere they go, that's crazy. That's crazy. Whew, man. People, you know, uh, I've seen I've seen a little kid wear it in the dome, my wake-up call shirt. I, uh, I've i I've heard stories of, of people stopping people in the dome and being like, oh, that's Danny. We just went to his show. So cool. Where'd you get this shirt, man? Man, this shirt's tight. It's so awesome. We love it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I'm like, what? <laughs> my shirt? Really? What? I got to call Mark and tell him thank you. Now, Mark owns Drysig, and you need to check it out because Drysig Apparel is, I mean, i that's where I go for everything from day zero. I buy my shirts there. That's what we do. You know, I have I have my shirts made by Drysig Apparel, and I have my dress-down shirts made there. I have my polo shirts made there. I have my t-shirts made there. I have my hats made there. I have my jerseys made there. All of it. Drysig Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. Dan, why is it called Drysig? Because because Drysig means 30 in German. And when Mark Jones played in Germany and set a bunch of records professionally in Germany as a football player, he wore the number 30. He played for the Tennessee Volunteers, which is a very easy segue into the statement. There was a guy. (laughs) There was a guy. Coached. uh, Or there was a guy who who was hired as a coach. And then he wasn't. He was given the job, but then he wasn't. It was finalizing, allegedly. But then it wasn't. Greg Schiano, who's most known by me for his cheap shots when he was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach trying to hurt players when they were taking knees at the end of a game. So I best know him for being a cheap shot guy that tries to get a good lick on you when you're trying to peacefully end a game. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. Well, apparently, a lot of people equal that statement of not being a big fan of Greg Schiano because Tennessee announced, we're going to hire Greg Schiano and there were riots in the streets. I literally felt like it was Beauty and the Beast with the torches and they're going to the beat, you know, kill the beast. I feel like that's what it was. They were, they were going to the beast mansion and saying, no, no, this will not happen here. Uh, Just crazy. Somebody had taken the rock on Tennessee's campus. Somebody had spray painted on it. Shiano covered up child rape at Penn state. Now to make a statement like that and to not know the truth, this is where people go wrong in life. And this is where the overwhelming majority of society doesn't understand the world with the words libel and slander that you can't say things about people and write things about people that could be damning to their future with no proof and even with proof 
to try and diminish somebody in written or spoken word. I'm just saying. People don't educate themselves on important things. These are important things. Libel and slander. Don't be stupid. Okay? So if you say, I don't want Greg Schiano to be my head coach. Okay. I don't want Greg Schiano to be my head coach because, because I don't like his cheap shots. I don't like how he coached Tampa and how they were taught to rush at somebody who is kneeling down and they could have severely injured someone who wasn't prepared for it. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Greg Schiano because I don't like his tactics or his schemes. Okay. I don't like Greg Schiano because he's a child rapist or he covered up rape. Now we're in a different world, people. Okay. You can't go saying things, especially when you probably most likely have no idea. Now, Greg Schiano and Jerry Sandusky's time at Penn State links up. So the mentality is, well, he knew about the child rape. He didn't say anything. He's a terrible person. This is where I draw a line in the sand. I don't know what Greg Schiano knows. I don't know. I don't know what he knows. I, I don't know what he knows, and I don't know what he doesn't know. What I do know is that there's other reasons that are not libel or slander that you can say are why you don't like Greg Schiano as a coach. So Tennessee was allegedly going to announce the hiring of Greg Schiano Sunday night, but instead backed out of a memorandum of understanding and it was like, hey, you're going to be our head coach. Oh, my God, look at what everybody's saying on Twitter. And so I have an issue with this, okay? I have an issue with this. It's multi-layered. That's the thing. It's not easy. It's multi-layered. A, not a big fan of Greg Schiano for the things that he did at Tampa, which we discussed. B, Tennessee, you hired him. On a memorandum of understanding, you are hiring him. And if you backed away from this because Twitter said no, that is a big problem. If Twitter says, Dan, you're a terrible broadcaster, I'm still showing up to broadcast tomorrow morning. 20,000 people signed a petition to get Colin Coward fired at ESPN. Didn't work. But they tried. 20,000 of you lunatics signed a petition to change drastically the life of a man who you do not know. Who you are not in contact with. Who has never done anything to hurt you. He disagreed with you. Maybe he proved you wrong. Maybe you just don't like his show. How about the petition that was sent to the President of the United States at the time, Barack Obama about a bunch of fans who wanted the president to block Ben Affleck from being Batman. Are you stupid? You have to be some type of very stupid individual that lacks normal human intelligence to think 
that the President of the United States cares about who in the hell plays Batman. And maybe he does. And maybe he doesn't. But he most certainly is not going to accept your petition and block Ben Affleck from playing Batman. That's the director, the producer. That's there. That's their thought. That's their job. They pick who they think is going to be good. I thought that Ben Affleck did a good job. I don't care what people think. I thought he did a good job. But think about that. Put Wrap your head around that for a second. Because what happened to Greg Schiano seems eerily familiar to this type and style. When Twitter said, no, we don't want Greg Schiano. Take him away. This is stupid. I hate you. You're dumb. You listened. Really? 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 I'm never coaching Tennessee. I'm never coaching Tennessee. As long as they have those people in office that make the decisions on who gets hired and fired, I am never coaching at Tennessee. Do you want to know why? Because what if fans don't like me? What if... What if, what if I win eight games and the fans go, I don't like his face. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like that he's from New York and that he's not a Southern guy. I don't like the fact that he doesn't have a Southern drawl. I don't like the fact that he never played football professionally. I don't like the fact that he never played in college. So he can't be my head coach. I don't like you, Dan Satora. I don't like you and you're not going to change my mind. And then... Tennessee and their infinite wisdom goes, oh my God, Twitter doesn't like Dan Satora, fired. Who's going to want to coach that job? Who's going to want to be there? Tennessee, it leaked that you were hiring Greg Schiano. The world reacted and you went, oh no, not the world. <laughs> no, that's stupid. If every singer put out a song and people said, I don't like the song. They went, I quit. I'm done. I'm out. Not singing anymore. I quit. I'm not going to sing. Rascal Flats puts out a song and somebody goes, wow, you suck at life. And then a thousand people like the comment. And Rascal Flats goes, all right, guys, we're going to be janitors now. No, you don't do that. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but people need to understand that having an opinion doesn't give you a right to be an a-hole. Okay, there's a big difference. Opinion, a-hole, big difference. And making an accusation... That Greg Schiano was involved with the cover-up of child rape. That's a little bit above the, I don't want him to be my coach. Okay? That's a little bit too much going on. Have you read the documents? Did you sit in the courtroom? Have you interviewed Greg Schiano? Did you interview people around him? Did you speak with Coach Paterno when he was alive? Did you speak with Jerry Sandusky? Then shut your mouth. Then shut your mouth. Because... If Greg Schiano was indeed involved, yeah, he's a scumbag. But you're insinuating that he's involved in something when in actuality you're only saying this probably because you don't want him to be your coach. You don't have to say he was involved with child rape to say you don't want him to be your coach. Just say you don't want him to be your coach. That's it. I don't like Greg Schiano. I don't like the hire. Boom, 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 boom. Done. I don't like it. Tennessee, their front office staff lost their minds. Oh my God. Look at Twitter's response. Oh, refresh the page. Refresh the page. Refresh the... Oh, oh my God. Twitter doesn't agree with us. Twitter thinks we're wrong. Well, guess what, folks? A decade ago, 
Where was Twitter? Two decades ago, where was Twitter? Did Twitter have comments about the Civil War? No, they weren't around. Did Twitter have comments about World War II? No, they weren't around. Did Twitter have comments about Hitler? No, they weren't around. Did Twitter have comments on Abraham Lincoln? No, they weren't around. Society, history, existed without Twitter. And here is a newsflash that you have to understand, and some of you might cry and melt in your seat right now. But if Twitter disappeared tomorrow, the world wouldn't stop. Nothing about the world would stop. Decisions would be made, whether you like them or not, and it wouldn't stop. Because the world is not Twitter. But if Tennessee goes to Twitter and goes, Oh my God, look at what they're saying. We're so bad. Oh my God, what are we going to do? Are you kidding me? Are you grown? Are you a grown person? Then be grown. Damn. I would never want to coach at Tennessee. Ever want to coach at Tennessee. Because of this stupid moment. This stupid moment in our history as humanity. I would never coach at Tennessee until they changed all the people that work there. Because whoever's making decisions at Tennessee, you just let Twitter shame you. They just shamed you. They just threw shade at you. And you screamed in agony and terror. This is like Atlanta Housewives and Nene just came in and blew up your spot and you went in the corner and cried for an hour. What are you doing? Are you grown? Get grown. Yes, I made an Atlanta Housewives reference and no, I don't care and I'm not ashamed of it. But what is going on? What is going on? I am not a fan of Greg Schiano. But oh my lord, your interview, I'm guessing Tennessee interviewed a few people. I'm guessing Tennessee thought about this a little bit. I'm guessing Tennessee saw something in Greg Schiano that they like. He's at Ohio State right now as their defensive coordinator. And let me just let me just get drop some knowledge on on a on a few people here listening into the show. Let me just drop a little bit of knowledge. In the Big Ten right now, Ohio State's in first place in the Big Ten East. They're 10-2 overall. They're 8-1 in the conference. They're playing in the Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin for the second year in a row. Pardon me. Not for the second year in a row. I forgot because the committee let them in when they were sitting at home last season. My bad. They're playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. So if Greg Schiano is such a piece of garbage, why, why has he not been a terrible defensive coordinator? If he's such a bad coach, why are they winning? If he's so terrible at their at his job, why are they giving up minimal points except for the game against Penn State? Really? The game against Penn State, Iowa, and Oklahoma. Outside of that, they've allowed 21 or less. 14 in three games. Nothing against Rutgers. Three against Michigan State, who was ranked in the top 12 in the country at the time. One at Michigan by 11. What is he, what is he, okay, he's not a bad coach. At least a core, he's not a bad coordinator. Let me say that. He's not a bad defensive coordinator. I'm not a fan of him because he plays, because he coaches dirty, okay? 
you can win 150 games, and I'll never hire Greg Schiano because he coaches dirty. But that's how I feel. It's on film. It's literally on film. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not safe play. Could have got somebody hurt. Could have broken somebody's ankle. Could have ruined somebody's career. Could have ruined somebody's life. That is why I don't like Greg Schiano as a head coach. But does he help a team win? Yes. Luke Fickle was there, did a hell of a job. Now he's the head coach at Cincinnati for the Bearcats. And Greg Schiano stepped in, and most of you probably didn't even know he was there. You know now, because you know where he's coming from when he was going to take the job at Tennessee. But, oh my lord. Five minutes into being like, we're going to hire Greg Schiano, you read the internet and you run. You run. Well, Dan, it's not just the internet. It was people that were picketing on campus and this, that, and the other thing. If you have time to grab a pitchfork and a torch and, and, and you're on campus picketing the hiring of a coach... You better be sure he was a rapist. You better be sure he cheated on his wife. You better be sure he murdered somebody. You better be sure. If you're going to make statements, you better be sure that you know what the hell you're talking about. Do not insinuate anything. It, libel and slander. People, get to know your law. Libel and slander. Okay? I could have sued somebody easily. 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 In my lifetime for what they said. Easily could have sued them i would have ruined that person's life i didn't do it i gave him a chance the next person down the line may not be as kind as me and hopefully they've learned their lesson because my kindness is not to be confused with weakness or stupidity so don't run around and be like he's a child rapist he protected child rape if you don't know what you're talking about don't make, don't make accusations, okay? That's number one. The second part of this is, if you have time to grab a pitchfork, and I know it was the weekend, so maybe that's why you had time, but if you had time to grab a pitchfork and a torch and walk up and down the streets of Tennessee and go, we will not allow this. Greg Sheehan, no. Greg Sheehan, no. Greg Sheehan, no. I mean, if you, I mean, if you were doing that, yeah, it's a sight to see. It's interesting. As a broadcaster and writer, maybe I'd come and film it and be like, oh my God, look at what's happening. But that's a lot for a coach. That's a lot. Now, again, if you're protesting because you don't like his dirty style of play, then I'm good with you. Okay. But you don't know about the accusations you're making are sure. I would venture to say that most of you with pitchforks are not lawyers and we're not in the courtroom, and do not know about this, that, and the other. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he wasn't involved, and if he was, I'm not defending him. I'm not defending him by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying that I cannot go out into the street, look at a man across the street, and be like, he's a rapist. I could ruin that man's life. Look at Bernie Fine. Where's the truth? Where is the truth with Bernie Fine? The truth never came out. It never came out, but his life is ruined. It never came out, but he's hiding. Who hears about Bernie Fine? Bernie Fine is like, where's Waldo? Everybody's looking for him in a crowd in a sea of people. Some of us see him sparingly, and then everybody else doesn't. But what did Bernie Fine do? What was, what was the actual charge? Did he go to jail? Where was the proof? 
I'm not saying he did or did not. I'm saying, how many people have an opinion about Bernie Fine? How many people treat him disrespectfully? How many people scoffed at him at Wegmans? But to this day, do you do you know the full story about Bernie Fine? Do you know without with beyond a reasonable doubt the truth about Bernie Fine? No. Most of you don't. So there's so many layers to this. And I'm just saying to Tennessee, if you backed away from the guy you were going to hire because the fan base yelled at you about it, well, Dan, doesn't the fan base matter? They're the ones that come to the games. I'm going to tell you something real, okay? I'm going to tell you something real. True fans are going to show up no matter what, okay? Nobody thought Greg Robinson was going to be a terrible hire to Syracuse, that he was so atrocious. Nobody thought he was going to be that bad in wins and losses. Nobody thought that. Nobody knew Greg Robinson, for the most part. A few of you might have done your research. But after the fact, you're like, oh my God, no way. Doug Marone gets hired. Some people go, yay. Some people go, boo. 20 players go, see you later. And he was the best coach that Syracuse has had. Since Paul Pascaloni, he's the best one by far, by far the best coach that Syracuse has had. Why do people hate Doug Marone? Because he left. They hate him because he left, because he lied, because he said this was his dream job and then he hightailed it out of here. That's why people hate him. Which is an admission that he was a good coach because why would you be mad that he left if he was a terrible coach and he sucked? I'm not saying don't listen to your fan base, but you can't run everything by your fan base. You can't put out a poll to your fan base and say, hey, we're thinking about hiring Dan Mullen, Greg Schiano, Chip Kelly, or Scott Frost. What are your thoughts, guys? And whoever wins the poll is who we're going to hire. That's not the way to do it. The job security for a coach is terrible in Tennessee right now. God forbid somebody doesn't like the shirt I wear to the press conference and enough people write about it on Twitter, I don't have a job tomorrow. Tennessee, have some balls and hire who you want to hire and tell your fan base that you're doing what you feel is best for them. Believe in your decision making. Believe. I would not hire Greg Schiano, but Tennessee, you wanted to. Why did you back away? Why did you back away? Now, if you know for sure that he was involved in some shady business, okay, you should have never hired him in the first place. But... You thought this was a good hire. You thought this was a good opportunity for you to snag somebody. Ohio State just paid this man to be their defensive coordinator. So, my thought to you, Tennessee, is are you going to make a decision based on the people in that room, which is probably not many, Are you going to make a decision based on people that do their homework and are in this job and it is your daily job to find good people and put them in good places to be successful so that your school grows, expands, makes money, and is prosperous? Or is your job to please Twitter? If your job is to please Twitter, stop what you're doing right now and choose a new profession. Because if Twitter makes you change your mind, then no coach in their right mind would want to coach your team because at any given moment Twitter could blow up 
And all of a sudden, they don't have a job. Heed my warning, Tennessee. Care about your fan base. But you make the decision. Okay? Syracuse fans, if I said to Syracuse fans, do you want Urban Meyer? They would say yes. Why wouldn't they? Do you want Urban Meyer, folks? Success at Ohio State and at Florida. Do you want Urban Meyer? Guys, do you want Scott Frost? He, he, we were the finalists. Syracuse was a finalist for the job. Syracuse, Maryland, and UCF. Do you want Scott Frost right now? What would fans say? No. If Syracuse goes 4-8 and eight again, and I say to the fans, I can get you Ed Ogeron, why would they say no? I have tried this before. And I learned my lesson. I've put out into the community and said, hey, you guys decide what I, if I went on, if every single show, the night before I did the show, I put out polls and I said, what should I talk about tomorrow? What did It's good to know what your, what your listeners like hearing. And it's good to know this and the other thing, but that changes every day. That changes every day. Some Syracuse fans won't listen to my show about Syracuse football, not because they don't like me, but because they don't want to relive Syracuse going 4-8 and eight two years in a row. They're so upset and so pissed off and so completely debilitated by it that they don't even want to discuss it. They want to pretend like it doesn't exist. It's no offense to me. It's why am I going to cheer on a team that does this to me, Dan? I'm hurting right now. This sucks. And I get that. And I get that. I understand that. I understand that if Syracuse is doing well, people show up to my pregame show. When Syracuse starts to lose games and it looks like they're not going to make a bowl season, that dwindles. Not because the show is bad. Not because Rob Drummond is bad. Not because I'm bad. Not because the Lees and Staggerwald food isn't great or their drinks aren't great. Lees and Staggerwald puts on a great show. They got a great location five minutes from the Dome. It's a straight shoot to the dome from there they got parking all over the place the food is great the drinks are great rob is great i do my best to be great i'm not going to sit here and say i'm great i'm not a selfish self-centered person but i like to think that i give one hell of a job every time i'm out there so everything is set the stage is set for you to come out and have a great pregame show but people don't like pregaming for a team that loses common sense But do I go to that fan base every day and go, you know, should I go to the bathroom? Should I eat cereal? Should I? No, because you don't let people run your life and run your decision making. I don't come to you and say, should I talk about college football today? I want to talk about college football today. I would hope that you like my personality and like what I do and how I do it and what I'm about. That if I talk about something that you have no interest in, you'll still listen to the show because you want to hear my take on whatever. You want to hear my take on pom-poms, tree trunks, football, basketball, balloon animals. Why the hell not? I would like to think you're listening to the show to hear me. Because there's a bunch of talking heads about Syracuse football. I'm different. I'm known, God forbid, to be the positive voice with Syracuse football. Holy mother. I never got into this job thinking I would be one of the only positive people in the media. I guess I should have known better, but I was always going to be this way because the alternative is to be negative. And that's a terrible life to live. 
But getting back to my point, Tennessee, I understand you want your fan base to be happy. You want them to buy seats and tickets. You want them to show up to games. I will tell you that a ton of these people will forget whatever they're mad about if Greg Schiano was hired and he won nine games next year. They would forget. It's amazing how many people forget when you win. It's amazing how many people said to me about Bill Clinton. They said, you know, he's he cheats on his wife. He is a scumbag. You know what people told me later on? He fixed our economy. He cheated on his wife, but that's in the past. He cheated on his wife, but he fixed our economy. He cheated on his wife, but that ain't my business. Do you know how quickly people turned? Because he did something that people liked. They said it was that they didn't, that him cheating on his wife was inconsequential because he fixed the economy. Now, I don't hold those views. I don't go, hey, you cheated on your wife, but you gave, you put money in my pocket, so I'm cool with it. I, I don't I don't stand by that stuff. And I'm using Clinton as an example. I'm not out here being like, oh, I hate this and that. I'm not saying any of that. I don't hate anything. But I severely dislike my mom. My grandma told me never to hate. Too strong of a word. But I'm making an analogy. If Greg Schiano won nine games, I wonder how many pitchforks would fall on the ground. I wonder how many torches would be blown out. I just wonder. So Tennessee, yes, you were terrible in the SEC this year. You were 0-8. You were 4-8 overall. Same record as Syracuse. In the SEC, I know that that's unheard of. You're the only team in the SEC who failed to win a game in the conference. You're one of 14 schools. And the only one of 14 schools in the SEC that failed to win a game inside your conference. I know. It's embarrassing. It's upsetting. It's ridiculous. But what's more ridiculous is if Twitter just told you how to do your job and you listened. We'll take a step aside and we'll come back with the Syracuse players in a minute. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? 
I have no idea. Absolutely, but they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local. Fresh. Better. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT here in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, and the home of the Dan Tortora special, voted top five sandwiches in central New York, and you can get it any time, any day of the week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Monday through Saturday, and on Sundays up until 2.30 because they close earlier on Sundays. So make sure you pop in before 2.30 on a Sunday. And for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Monday through Saturday, go over to the Market Diner, 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, for a Belgian waffle filled with bacon, egg, and cheese. My spin on the breakfast sandwich can be yours right now. So head over to the Market Diner and try it out. Coming up first in my conversations with Syracuse football, I'm going to start with Dino Babers on Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael. What did he take away from his two seniors, and what can he say about them? This is what Coach had to say. Well, you know, the first person I think about is Irv. Irv, when we first got here, I believe he was playing running back or some kind of alphabet position. I'm not sure what it was called. And uh, he was the first one that really took in Took, took in the techniques and the fundamentals that we were talking about, which allowed him to have success in 2016, you know, before 2017. Uh, I thought Ish really came around after the season closed and he saw the success that Amba had. He, he wasn't going to let that go by again. And he really did his homework, so to speak, to get better and uh, master the things that we needed him to master to get, to get done. And, and hard work pays off. And look at the type of year that he had. And uh, those are the things, when I look at those two guys, it tells young men, hey, if you buy in, you can have an Irv-type career. But even if you don't buy in initially, if you can change your mind and, and find some common ground, you can have an Ish-type career, okay? Uh, as young men, I think they're, they're unbelievable. And off the field, they're fantastic friends, and they're gonna have opportunities uh, at the next level. So it'll be fun to see how they do. That coming once again from Dino Babers and his thoughts on Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael, two of the best receivers, and this is not an opinion, this is statistically true, two of the best receivers in the country. And yeah, it is my opinion, but if you look at the numbers, two of the best in the nation, not in the ACC, not in the Northeast, not at Syracuse, in the nation, two of the best ever, 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 for Syracuse in their history, two of the best tandem, and right now two of the best in the country. Two of the best in the country, hands down. You know, I'll take a look at their numbers right now. 
to pull that up for you. So the statistics for receiving around the nation. Steve Ishmael is third in the nation with 1,347 receiving yards. Third in the nation. And Irv Phillips is 35th with 904. And then as far as receptions, Steve Ishmael is second only to Trey Quinn of SMU who got 106. Steve has 105, so he's second in the nation there. And Irv is, he has 89. So Irv, that lands him in the top 10 in the nation as well because it's Trey Quinn and then Steve Ishmael, uh, Michael Gallup is in that as well with 94. And Gary Jennings of West, West, uh, West Virginia has 94 as well. So Irv is right there, top five, top 10 in the nation in receptions. So that says a lot. I love what Baber said. He's like, if you're an Irv and you believed from the beginning, if you're an Irv Phillips and you benefited from transitioning into me from the beginning, from Scott Schaefer to my plan, and you had success from the from the beginning because you bought in from the beginning. Or if you're a Steve Ishmael, who it took a little more time for you to buy in, but once you bought in, look at how successful you've been. Now, I asked to go the other way. And for Irv to talk about coach, and Paris Bennett as well, another senior linebacker. So what Irv and Paris had to say about Coach Babers and what they've learned from him and learned from this team. I start with Paris Bennett on this one. So basically going on four years, I've just learned how to count on my brothers and those guys around me, you know what I'm saying? When times are bad, you know, you only got the people that you see who's really with you, you know what I'm saying? So my brothers ain't never gave up on me since I've been here. And with Coach Babers, he really preaches that the family Ohana thing. And like, that's, that's tenfold. Like we already, we already felt like these were my brothers before he came, but even closer with everyone after you came. Uh, for me, I feel like uh, the biggest thing I learned from Coach Babers and his staff is just just being never too high, never too low. You know, when the moment's big, you know, just staying composed. And uh, it's just like like Paris said, uh, family and brotherhood is a big thing that they preach, and I learned to, uh, to rely on my brothers and uh, just just to be a be a leader and just um, just cherish family. That coming once again from Irv Phillips and Paris Bennett on their thoughts on coach and and what they have to say about coach. I followed up with Paris and Irv after their final game in a Syracuse uniform to speak on the fact that coach Dino Babers has been preaching that the 2017 senior class is going to be the foundation of the success that the team has that what they're doing now, that the seeds that they're planting now are going to pay off dividends in 2018, 19, 20, and moving forward, and that he hopes that they'll be given the respect that they deserve from the fan base and that the fans will appreciate and honor the fact that they were a part of this resurgence of Syracuse football. Dino has said it over and over and over again that he believes that this senior class is going to be a huge part of the success down the road, that they won't be winning the games and that they won't get the credit, but that they deserve the credit, that they've earned the credit, and that they're just as much a part of this team as others that are on the team moving forward. And so going off of that, I wanted to get Irv and Paris's feel on this, and so I asked them what they took away 
from this. And what coach, when coach makes a statement like that, when coach says that the 2017 senior class, which both of them are a part of, is going to be part of the fabric of success, the foundation of success, that to th- that we're going to look back to 2017 senior class and say, this was the class that began the foundation of a more positive, more productive, more progressive Syracuse football program. This is what Paris and Irv had to say, starting with Paris. I mean, honestly, it means everything to us because even though he didn't, we didn't make a bowl game this year and things like that, like you definitely can see the younger guys are getting it and they're, they're going to take it and do better than we did Like as a unit. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to get their young guys more ranked than we got our young guys ranked. You know, you start off with something, you just hope the people behind you run with it and make it better. And that's what I feel like these guys are going to do for sure. Right, I agree with that. Um, I feel like I take part in being a leader, and I feel like this whole year, I think we set an example for the younger guys, and they seen that that type of things we were able to do. I shine on the, rec- uh, the record, but um, just as far as the leadership standpoint, um, I feel like they're going to take that and uh, just roll with it next year, and it should be successful. And finally, coming from Steve Ishmael, who set a record at Syracuse, for the most receptions in a single season with 105. Who set a record at Syracuse with the most career receiving yards ever for a Syracuse wide receiver passing Marvin Harrison? A man who was given the game ball and brought it into the conversation is with me now to give his thoughts on what Dino had to say that Irv and Paris just spoke about, fellow seniors with Steve that came in with Steve. What does Steve think about the 2017 senior class being the foundation of future success at Syracuse? Does he agree with Dino Babers' thoughts? Most definitely, you know, that means a lot coming from Coach Babers. You know, um, obviously we had a bad season, but, you know, he knew that the seniors cared. We cared and, you know, we really wanted to win, but things, you know, things happened. And he knows that, but um, the foundation, man, you know, the, the, the underclassmen, I feel like they really snatched all the good things away from us, you know, in terms of always fighting, being being competitors. And I feel like they're just going to continue to grow on that, you know, especially how young they are. So as long as they continue to grow, they're going to reach another level that we can reach. And, you know, I feel like that's going to be the time when everything's going to turn around. Steve Ishmael, one of the best, one of the best. Look at what Steve Ishmael did in one season at Syracuse. And you know, God may not be on our time, but God is always on time. And what I mean by that is I've been telling you since five years ago, at least, that Steve Ishmael, I believe, was going to be something special at Syracuse. I told you five years ago that Steve Ishmael could be an NFL receiver. I told you five years ago that Steve Ishmael might be one of those names that we remember. And now he's in the record books. And he achieved it all in his final season as a senior. You had to be patient. But just as I know and Steve knows, God is not on our time, but God is always on time. And when it comes to Steve, he didn't let me down. And God bless Steve Ishmael moving forward. And Irv, and Paris, and Zaire, who I got to talk to after the game. 
and somebody who I've respected and has shown me mutual respect, and I appreciate it because I think respect from Zaire Franklin, that's meaningful. From him, Irv, Paris, all the guys. Cole Murphy, everybody. God bless to the 14 seniors, the redshirt seniors, and the senior seniors. (laughs) The traditional seniors, I should say. God bless to each and every single one of you. You were brought in by Scott Schaefer. You have had to adjust, ad lib, and go through multiple changes on offense and defense. And you've handled it like champions. You've pushed hard. You've defeated two top 25 teams. You have defeated the reigning national champion and handed them their only loss of the season. There is a lot for you to be proud of and nothing for you to hang your head about. God bless you. Congratulations for the work that you have done. And please understand that the work that you have done will not go in vain. And Syracuse, to the fan base, do not forget what these kids did. If you look at them as a back-to-back 4-8 and eight team, you are being illogical, irrational, ignorant, and you're not looking at the bigger picture. Some of the nicest kids I've ever met in my life and some of the most respectful people I've ever met in my life. It's people who, when they give you their respect, you feel like you've done something good in your life. So thank you to each and every single one of you. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention every single one of you, so let me do that now. I know that not all of them were here on the show, but it would be wrong of me to not sit here and speak and thank every single one of them before I wrap up today's broadcast. So, I put out a special thanks to Irv Phillips, Zaire Franklin, Steve Ishmael, Zach Mahoney, Jonathan Thomas, Paris Bennett, Cole Murphy, Clay Austin, all seniors. I also want to thank the redshirt seniors, Jordan Martin, Devin M. Butler, who both came onto the team as transfers, Jordan from Toledo, Devin from Notre Dame, Austin Valdez. I want to give a special thanks to redshirt senior Alex Grossman, who's a backup kicker, Jamar McGluster, starting right tackle for Syracuse for the last couple seasons, Sean Avant, wide receiver on the team. I want to thank each and every single one of you for the work that you have done, the work that you have put in. And whether statistically it looks like anything to anybody, you know your level of work, you know what you've done, and I hope that you can lay your head on your pillow and be proud of yourself today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you have done and the work that you have put in. Don't let the opinions of other people determine who you are. Don't let a record determine what you gave to this program. And don't ever think that you didn't earn the respect from a kid that grew up here in Syracuse, New York, and has seen a lot of players come through here. You earned my respect. And you earned it a long time ago, well before you beat Clemson and Virginia Tech. God bless, gentlemen. I will see you soon, hopefully, at game show night this Thursday, November 30th at 7 p.m. in Baldwinsville at Muddy Waters, 2 Oswego Street in Beeville. And I look forward to talking with you very soon. Wake Up Call with Dan Satora rejoins the airwaves at 9 a.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, November 28th. And we will inevitably be talking about a lot of different things, including On the Prowl, which is Jacksonville Jaguars talk, and wall-to-wall NFL coverage of Week 12, as well as Ingredients to Success, the signature segment brought to you by Utica Pizza Company that I cannot wait to share with you once again. Utica Pizza Company sharing a slice and sharing the segment. 
two great things because I'm either talking about a great place or I'm eating at a great place. Phil Russo, Charlie DeGristina, and the entire team at Utica Pizza Company, thank you for the work, and it's a Utica thing, thank you for the work that you do. You hear their commercials every single show, and I cannot thank them enough. Get the wake-up call, number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza, by the slice or the full pie at 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. God bless you, be well, and I can't wait to talk with you tomorrow. You'll find me on Facebook at WakeUpCallDT, on Twitter at CallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT, and 24-7 on WakeUpCallDT.com. God bless, be well, be good to one another, and understand that the world gets a lot easier when you share it together. So do that.